Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go ahead and turn with me again, if you brought your Bible this evening, to the book of James, chapter number 5. Praise the Lord. Now, is there anyone uh, that was not here this morning? If you would, raise your hand. I just want to see how much I want to recap this, morning, this evening. Okay, um, let's go to James chapter number 5. We're going to spend just a brief few minutes here recapping. I'm not going to take all the time that maybe I could because the CDs are available, I think. You can probably get those teachings, uh, the teaching this morning. Because what we're going to share on tonight is going to kind of hook up with where we were this morning. We're talking about uh, prayer, and particularly we're talking about praying, uh, you know, the, 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 from a place that is given to us by God. There's a verse, and I don't even, it just comes up in my heart right now, I don't even have the, the reference on it, it's in another translation. Uh, I believe it might be that verse that says we have boldness and access uh, to come to the throne of grace. Uh, but anyway, the one translation says we have our freedom of speech. Hallelujah. Amen. We got a right to speak up. We got a right to say something at the throne of grace. Isn't that good? Yes. Uh, and so God has invited us, yea, even challenged us. To come, in, in Isaiah 43, he said, come let us plead together. Let's talk this over. Whatever you're going through, whatever the situation is, talk it over with me. He said, plead together. In other words, you're going to come and plead your case, and then I'll, I'll, talk to, I'll talk about my side. Amen. Amen. And we'll come to an agreement. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Abraham did that in the Old Testament. Of course, we're living under the new and better covenant. But he did it even under the old covenant. Yes. He said, uh, I'm gonna, I can't hide from Abraham what I'm getting ready to do, you know, is destroying Sodom and Gomorrah. And the Bible said that he uh, told Abraham, and Abraham started pleading Sodom and Gomorrah's case, a wicked city. You know, I've heard people say, well, if God doesn't soon judge America, he's going to have to repent, for, repent to Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, dear God. I, don't, I, don't, I wouldn't display, if I was a Christian, I wouldn't display my ignorance of the Bible out in public like that. Amen. Abraham, if he'd have kept going, would have spared the city with his prayer life. We're not Sodom and Gomorrah yet. Amen. Come on. Amen. We're not going to be. We're going to be. We're going to have revival. We're going to have the last day outpouring of the Spirit. Yeah, the Bible says wicked, uh, the evil men and seducers wax worse and worse. But read, on, read about read about. Read the rest of the story. Anybody ever listen to Paul Harvey talk about the rest of the story? Amen. Read the rest. Read the whole story. Read the whole New Testament. And the church is going to go from glory to glory. From faith to faith. And see more and more of the, the plan of God. Amen. Amen. Well, we could spend a lot of time on that. But Abraham, he pled Sodom and Gomorrah's case. 
And he got down to 10 people, said, I'm just going to ask one more time. And uh, if, you, if there's 10 in the city, well, you remember this is Genesis 18. If there's 10 in the city, will you spare it for 10? God said, I'll spare it for 10. But Abraham stopped there because he said, I'm just going to ask this once more. I mean, he's probably out there on, he's out on that ground where he's got fear. He's in fear and trembling, you know. Oh, I'm just going to ask once more. But see, God was doing everything that he asked. He said, I'll spare it for 10. So he worked out an agreement with God. He just didn't go far enough to spare the city. Well, well, you spare it just for Lot's sake. If he'd have said that, God have said, I'd spare it just for Lot's sake. We have no indication that it wouldn't have happened. Every indication that it would have. Isn't that right? Hallelujah. So here's Abraham, a man of covenant under a covenant that's not as good as our covenant. We have better covenant established upon better promises, which gives us better standing even than they had under the old covenant. We have more authority than they had under the old covenant. And so he's got this, he's working this agreement with God, and God is say, he's saying, I'll do what you say. Even though I came down here to destroy it. Amen. You get, we got to remember that God gave man authority on the earth. Yes, sir. Yes, he did. Amen. And, uh, and God honors that authority. Now, man lost it. We understand Adam and Eve lost it. But see, that's what Jesus came to get back for us. He came to get the church, the body of Christ, the authority over the earth back. Over the, and we've got authority in our nation. We've got authority in our city. We've got authority. I know we had a, we, because where our building is, there in our, uh, our uh, there in church where we, where we pastor, there's a strip mall center in front of it. And, you know, the business in there and so forth, and that's good. But, but yeah, right on the other hand, then some, I didn't even know it. Somebody came and told me. They, I guess somebody told them that a, uh, a, I don't know if it was a porno shop, but it was some kind of, it was a kind of a uh, uh, clothing store or something. Somebody maybe can tell me what it was. And they, in the back, they had, you know, things that were unclean. Amen. And somebody told us, told, came and told us about it. I said, no, not here. We took authority over that. It wasn't weeks. Bam, that place is gone. Amen. Amen. Our church building is not in the uh, best neighborhood of the city. (laughs) And so we've got things that happen around us sometimes. You know, I don't even tell all the congregation everything. (laughs) I mean stuff. Just stuff. Anybody know what the term riffraff means? That's the neighborhood we're in, you know. Well, good. We're in a good place. To, I mean, the light shines brighter in the darkness, you know. So, but anyway, uh, so things will happen. And we've got, and, and, I, and I saw it one day in the spirit, you know, I don't have to see it to believe it, but, but the Lord showed me one day. Uh, we just said, okay, angels, we commission you to surround the whole property, the borderline, and just protect this, and protect this property right here. And I wasn't even asking one day. We were in prayer. I just had a, I had a vision. I saw it. I wasn't even asking. I didn't need to see it to believe it. But there's angels stationed right beside each other all the way around that property. And the things that have happened all around but don't touch us is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I'm talking about MS-13 gangs stuff. You know what I'm talking about? But it can't come on our property. As long as we're there. As long as we exercise. So, so God gave man authority on the earth. Hallelujah. And uh, we're, we're talking about the authority that we have 
And uh, we know we have authority over the enemy. But uh, the, we we're talking about an authority that we have or a standing that we have before God. Now, not over God, you know, like we're, we're wrestling Him and telling Him you can't do this or that. No, I mean, you know, we, we, we honor God. He's the most high God. But we're talking about the privilege He's given us of coming to His throne and talking things over with Him reverently, humbly, respectfully. Amen. Not trying to boss Him around. Well, God, I'm going to make you do this. No, you're, you're, you're in the flesh. <laughs> but just coming with His Word. Look here in James 5.16. Remember, we read this this morning. Hallelujah. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another. Pray one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now, notice that term of a righteous man. Amen. And notice that term effectual. The word effectual and fervent really means the same. It's, it's one Greek word, effectual fervent. In the Greek, it's just one word. And it means working or powerful to cause an effect. Amen. So effectual fervent means prayers that, that work. That, that are effective, you might say, and that release the power of God. Prayers that, that get the job done. I mean, if we're going to be praying, we may as well get something, get the job done, or otherwise we're wasting our time. I mean, we may as well go out and just go play golf or something if it's not going to be effective. It's not about praying. It's about uh, uh, receiving and getting answers and re- getting, getting things that we're praying about. Amen. So uh, he's talking about being effective in prayer. Otherwise, we may as well just go out and do something else. Amen. Now, you think about it. God says, uh, ask me. And you know, there's many verses in the New and Old Testament where God is basically saying, if you analyze the language, I want to do something, so ask me. You know, where, where Jesus said, the Lord of the, pray, he said, there's harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. But then he said, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, so send forth laborers into his harvest. Wait, 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 God. Wait, 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 wait. You must want laborers to be sent. Is that right? Yeah. The harvest is plenty, so laborers are few. You want laborers to be sent, right? Yeah. Well, if you want laborers to, send, to be sent, and it's your harvest, pray the Lord of the harvest. It's your harvest. He's the Lord of the harvest. That he'll send forth labor. If, it's, if, if he wants them to be sent, it's his harvest, and then he's the one that's going to send them. Well, why don't you just do it? Huh? Why do you have us pray? Huh? I mean, if you want to do it, your will. It's, you're, going to be, you're going to be the one to send them, so forth. Why don't you just do it? It seems God's limited. Remember, John, uh, uh, John Wesley said that God's limited. It seems like he's limited by our prayer life. That he can't do anything unless somebody asks him. And then he said, why this is, we don't know. Well, uh, he didn't know and... And uh, now we do know because of further revelation that God gave man authority on the earth. And you can see that truth in many prayer verses. The truth of it, it seems like God is limited by our prayer life and He can't do something unless we ask Him. I mean, look at it in that verse. looks like God wants to do something, but it seems like He can't unless we ask Him because He said, you ask. Ask the Lord of the harvest. He'll send forth labors into His harvest. And then it says over in that passage, another passage there where Jesus said, the Lord knows what things you have need of before you ask Him. 
Then Zechariah 10.1, Ask ye of the Lord rain in the time of the latter rain. So shall the Lord make rain. Well, why don't you just do it, Lord? You got it. He's needing somebody to ask it. And we could go to verse after verse after verse. And here's another one, James 5.16. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, King James says, is, uh, 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 availeth much. Amplified makes tremendous power available. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God has made us power brokers. Yes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He doesn't just do things on his own. He pours out what he wants to do through the body of Christ, through the church, because he's given us that authority. Amen. And so he needs us to cooperate with him. Remember the Bible said, be laborers together with God. And so we're called to pray effective prayers. We're called, Jesus said in John 15, John 15 verse 16, he said, I've ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, that your fruit should remain. What, what kind of fruit are you talking about? That whatever you ask the Father in my name, it be done. That's called prayer fruit. He said we're called and we're ordained. Now, what, is that just a few people who are called to pray? No, prayer is not a calling in, in the sense of just a few are called like fewer in the ministry. No, prayer is for all of us. We all are invited and told to come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. It's not just up to the pastors. Well, if the pastors don't pray, I guess it won't get done. No, if you and I and all of us don't pray. We, 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 we're, we're called to ask because uh, God's given us authority in these matters. Amen. Hallelujah. And so uh, we've got to recognize that, you remember John 15 also says in verse number 7, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, he said, what do you do? You'll ask what you will and it'll be done unto you. Isn't that right? So effective prayer, John is talking about prayer here in James, he's talking about prayer. Effective prayer is based on the word abiding in us. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you. Now, abiding in him is, is something that legally happens whenever we're born again. We come into Christ. Of course, there's a practical, vital side to that of maintaining fellowship with God. We understand that. But yet, right on the other hand, we're in Christ. So, but, but then he said, and ye, my word abide in you. So here's what separates a successful and effective prayer life in some people's lives from those that don't have an effective prayer life. The Word abiding in them. And, and, and I want to say this, not just the Word abiding in us concerning the thing we're praying about or the thing that we need. Now, don't misunderstand me. We must have the Word in us concerning what we need. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Yes, sir. Because God is not obligated to do what we ask. He's obligated to do what He said He would do. Now, you've got to understand the way I say that. In other, words, in other words, let's take, for example, have you ever promised your children uh, that, you know, whatever, certain, certain conditions, maybe if they get straight A report cards or something, for, for, for uh, vacation this year, for summertime vacation, we'll take you to Disney World or Disneyland. You ever promised them something like that? Whatever. It might not be that, but something else. <laughs> you didn't say that because you didn't want to do that, but, but you promised them something. <laughs> and then you said, now, don't let me forget. 
Oh, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have said you would do it, and you shouldn't have said, don't let me forget. Because they'll do it. Disneyland. Oh, Daddy going to take us to Disneyland. I'm not going to forget that. I'm going to get me a straight-A report card. They get a straight-A report card and come and, 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 and say something to you. Daddy, Daddy, I got a straight can, We're going to Disneyland, right? You said, and you can't say, no, wait a minute. You can't make me take you to Disneyland. You, 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 how many of you know you can't do that? When your children come to you and hold you to your word, you can't say they're making me do this in the sense of, no, it's not them obligating you. You have obligated yourself. That's what Christians don't understand about prayer. They think, well, you're trying to make God do something He doesn't want to do. Well, two things you got wrong. Number one, it, was my, it wasn't my idea to begin with. And number two, if He said it, it He said it because He wants to do it. <laughs> Amen. If He didn't want to do it, He wouldn't have said it. If you didn't want to take them to Disneyland, you shouldn't have said it. But you did. And you said, remind me. Don't let me forget. And they will. <laughs> you don't have to worry about that. They'll do it over and over and over again. And they should. Well, I changed my mind. Let me take you behind the barn and show you. Show me. Let me take you behind the barn and show you what a daddy really is. You shouldn't have said it. Well, we don't have the money. Well, then go borrow it because you said it. I mean, you said, not that I'm preaching borrowing money, but you know what I'm talking about. Believe God. There's a better idea. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, you're not, ob- you, those children, I mean, those children aren't obligating you. You obligated yourself. And that's the way God is. Whenever he said, uh, set forth your cause. Remember the Amplified, you know, Isaiah 43, 25 and 26. King James says, come let us plead together, declare thou. The Amplified says, set forth your cause. We'd say, set forth your case. What's your case? And then, what is written? What did I say? Brother Hagin used to always say, uh, when, you, when you come uh, before me, talking about uh, when you come before God, make sure you have scriptures that cover what you need or what you're praying about. Otherwise, he said, if you have scriptures, you've got a firm foundation for faith. Otherwise, you don't have a firm foundation for faith. So well, I'm just going to believe God for this or that. Well, did he say that? He'd be like you saying, I'm going to believe Pastor Jay gives me his pickup truck. I got a nice pickup truck. Hey, Amen. It's the, it's the Midwestern Cadillac. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, man. Come on, brother. Hey, man. Ford, Chevy, let's see if you're safe. No, I'm just kidding. I'll just say. <laughs> we'll see if you got a renewed mind. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, somebody said, well, I'm just going to believe Pastor Jay gives me his pickup truck. What are you basing that on? Well, I'm just believing I can have what I say, right? No, wait a minute, wait a minute. Based on something that was promised, based on something that was said. Yes. But you can't, faith is not just pulling something out of the air. Say, I'm going to believe this. Faith is taking somebody at their word. Did I say I would give you my pickup truck? If I didn't, you can't believe for it. You know what I'm talking about? But if I did, uh uh-oh, you got you a pickup truck. 
if I'm a man of my word. Of course, you know, I could lie and be, be a scoundrel, but God won't. Hallelujah. Uh, danger. I might preach myself happy tonight. Just be sure. All right. So, praise God. I'm making this work for me. This is ex- that's what makes it exciting when you practice it and you get the results of it. Hallelujah. So, we know that the Word of God has to abide in us concerning the thing we're praying about. We understand that. But see here, he didn't say just, and in, in, here I'm referring back to John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you about the thing you're praying about. He just said my words abide in you. You and I, in other words, hear what I'm saying, you and I must not only have the word abiding in us about what we're praying about, but we must have the word abiding in us concerning prayer and the rights we have in prayer. <clears throat> Let's go through a few of those verses. Would that be all right? Would that be all right? Let's just think about a few of them here. Let's uh, go to, uh, my, 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 where do you start? Let's go to Hebrews 7.22. Hebrews 7.22. A verse maybe you're familiar with, maybe not. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 22. Is it all right if we turn to more of these tonight? Rather rather than just go over them real quick. Sometimes we turn and look in our own Bible, we'll... It'll register on us a little better. Hebrews 7.22 says this about Jesus. By so much, now the context here is the oath that God swore. He said, I'm making you the high priest after the order of Melchizedek forever. By that oath, by that sworn oath, by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Jesus is made the surety of... Of a better testament. So Jesus, this is part of Jesus' present day ministry. He guarantees, the word surety means guarantee. Actually, if you want to literally uh, translate it out, it'd be bail money. He's the surety or the guarantee of the new covenant. Amen. Bondsman of the new covenant. Praise God. And he, he guarantees all the terms and provisions of the new covenant. Now, he's fulfilling Je- Jeremiah 1.12. You remember Jeremiah 1.12? Maybe you don't remember the reference, but you'll remember the verse. Remember it says, what, I mean, he said to Jeremiah, what do you see? He said, I see certain things. Then he said, God said back to Jeremiah, <clears throat> King James says, I hasten my word to perform it. Literally in the Hebrew, I watch over my word to perform it. I watch over my word. This is Jesus here, John I mean, uh, Hebrews 7.22, fulfilling that verse. He's the surety, the guarantee of everything put in you and my's covenant. It's as sure as Jesus himself. Amen. He guarantees all the terms, all the provisions, and every word, every jot, every tittle. It'll all, it'll all come to pass. Amen. 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 Well, wait a minute, Pastor Jay. Now, wait a minute. I see things in the Word that's not coming to pass for some Christians. I do too. <clears throat> Here's the thing. He's not, I know he doesn't sleep, but, you know, just to use a human vernacular, he doesn't get up every morning and say, let's see, let's remind ourselves what, do we, said, what we said we'd do because we've we got to do this for everybody. When he says he's watching over his Word to perform it, He's not watching over the written word. 
Although, I mean, of course he is. But, but what, what I'm saying is he's watching over it in your heart and your mouth. That's where he's watching over it. That's why Jesus is called the apostle and high priest of our confession. He's seated at the right hand of the Father and is high priest of everything we say in line with the covenant. Because every one of the new covenant words has blood on it. It was sworn in blood. Sworn in the blood of Jesus. God really can't say no to what he's already said yes to. Amen. It's really not his option to say no because he's already said yes. Amen. All the promises of God are in him. Yes and amen. Amen means so be it. (laughs) Hallelujah. So you and I, when we go before the Father, are to take his word to him. And I said, E.W. Kenyon made that statement. It always helped me to understand and and to to think of prayer in a different light. He said, uh, in a a better light, more scriptural light, he said, uh, prayer is like a mirror on the earth. It's just reflecting God's word back to him. In other words, uh, he said, uh, E.W. Kenyon said, he sees himself. God sees himself in his own word. Don't you see yourself? If your children come back and say, you said Disneyland, don't you see yourself in that? I did. I said that. I said that. Amen. And God sees, you need to reflect what he said back to him. Praise God. He sees himself in what he said. And so don't go on and on in prayer about your need. Go on and on about what he said. And in the fourth chapter of Acts, they, you know, were beaten and threatened not command, commanded not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said, if you read that prayer, it's a good illustration of what prayer is really like. They praised God at first. Lord, thou art God, who made heaven and earth, and seeing all them is, and so forth and so on. And then they quoted what he said. You said, why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? They were quoting verses there. That's an Old Testament, those are Old Testament verses. So they're praising God, quoting what he said. And then they said, and now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Six words. They said their, their, what was going on in six words. But after that, they went on and on about what he said. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Really, everything everything you're praying about, he already knows anyway. So you don't have to tell him, oh, God, I don't know if you know this, but my mother-in-law moved in on me or something, you know. (laughs) I got a good mother-in-law. My mother-in-law jokes don't work in my house. (laughs) Promise to stay forever. Okay, no, well, praise the Lord. All right. So, uh, really, when you know the Word, you can come with authority. Amen. His authority. It's what He gave you. Amen. Praise God. And so, that's Hebrews 7.22. How many of you see that in a new light? Glory be to God. Jesus personally guarantees all the terms and provisions of the new covenant as our high priest. That's part of his ministry at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And so if our prayer is based on the terms and provisions of the new covenant, the answer to your prayer is sure, and it is yes. Now, when you come with his word, he might also say, yeah, but my word also says, (laughs) you know. Like I did this morning. I came quoting half the verse. <laughs> yeah, but my word also says. Well, guess what? Right now he's winning. <laughs> 
So I'm going to make an adjustment in line with that and say, all right, now I qualify. Amen. And you can make those adjustments, can't you? So he might say, you might say something, and he says, yeah, but my word also says, and you can say, yeah, that's right, I repent. Now I'm going to get in line with that. All right, now I, now I get it. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can make those adjustments. And I've had to do it. You'll have to do it. You'll, you'll, you'll be better off for it. I'm better off for it. Praise God. All right, Psalm 3410. Here's one that's amazing. Now, I'm going to read the Amplified, Psalm 3410. Remember I said we're going over things that the Word needs to abide in us, but also abide in us about prayer, about our standing, about the place we have. There's a whole lot of verses, uh, but let's look at Psalm 3410. Now, I'm going to read the Amplified, Amplified Classic. He said, the young lions lack food and suffer hunger, but they who seek, inquire of, and require the Lord by right of their need and on the authority of His Word, none of them shall lack any beneficial thing. You need to write that down. Make a note to write that out later or something. Put that on your refrigerator. Or just put it somewhere where it's constant and you meditate on that. Notice he said, they that... Uh, uh, inquire of, this is the Amplified, and require the Lord by right of their need and, see it's not enough just to come and say I have a need, and on the authority of His Word. None of them shall lack any beneficial thing. Now what does that mean, require the Lord? Require the Lord. How do you do that? Well, it just, it, it really tells you right there. You just hold him to his word. Now, don't misunderstand me. We, we say these things, but we don't want to give you the impression that he's, we got to do this because he's so unwilling to do anything he said. His word is a revelation of what he longs to do for his children. So it's not like you have to twist his arm to get him to do it. But I'll say this, if you don't remember, we were talking this morning about standing in our nation concerning, you know, how our Constitution gives us standing. If we can come to, you know, the courts and we can prove certain laws are on the books that address our case, then we have standing in court. Remember that? We were talking about that. And so we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, that, that the fact that that is that you can apply that principle to spiritual principles. That you and I must come with something written. Something that's been given to us. As, as was written. Something that is in the terms of the covenant. Amen. This is not my idea, Lord. This was your idea. <laughs> yeah, we're not trying to come up with our idea. We're basically saying, Lord, it was your idea to begin with. This was your thoughts. You, you said this because you longed to do this. Amen. 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 That, that's, that's the way the Lord is. The Lord's not hard to get. The, the Bible said, you know, over there uh, in 1 Peter, what is it, First or Second Peter, it talks about he's not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slack, slackness, but remember he said he's long-suffering towards us. He's not slow. He's not slow. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. The Bible actually says He'll avenge them speedily. 
<laughs> Glory to God. But you see, there's someone going to, when you approach the throne of grace, there's someone going to approach him, you know, approach the throne of grace with you. You ever read Revelation, that verse, we all know it, Revelation 12, verse 10, 11, 12. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Who is that? Who's him? Him's the accuser of the brethren. Who accuses us, now notice this language, before our God night and day. So when you go to the throne of grace, the devil goes too. Oh, I don't think so. Well, just let me ask you a question. Have you ever gone to pray about something and the devil was there? Yeah, you know what you did last week. You can't pray. God won't hear you. You know you're a mess. You know, you know how many times you feel. Well, what, that's the devil going, accusing you before your God. We've all been there, haven't we? And so you have got to overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. <laughs> and you got to answer that or else your, your faith is going to be whipped. You have no confidence to take this stand and to take this place. The devil will say, you're not worthy, and if you agree with him, you'll back out of that place, and you'll do without, because that condemnation was designed to do that. That's what that condemnation was designed to do. Amen? Amen. Thank God we're learning to not, not, not yield to that anymore. And guess what? You don't have to do without for two weeks because you want to prove to God that, that you're really sorry. Amen. That's saying that the blood of Jesus is not enough, and you've got to add something to it. But no, the blood of Jesus is enough. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Get, get it right and then get right back in there. Praise God. Praise God forevermore. Praise God forevermore. So we're talking about certain things about prayer. Now, notice whoever uh, inquires of and requires the Lord by right of his need and on authority of his word, none of them shall lack anything. Say none of them. That means you hold God to His Word. And He delights in that. I'll be real honest with you. We've got to understand that. Now, now, most of us would take the idea and the thought like Abraham, doing something like Abraham. Uh, it wouldn't be right for the judge of all the earth to destroy the righteous with the wicked. Remember, he said that in Genesis 18 when God said, I'm coming down to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It wouldn't be right to destroy the righteous with the wicked. You know, so many people, they say we're going through the tribulation. No, no, it's not, there's too many things in the Bible. He doesn't, what, what belongs to the wicked is the wicked. What belongs to the righteous is something else. We're not appointed to wrath. But anyway, so he said, and, and that's a bold stand. I mean, Abraham knew some things about his covenant. And so he spoke pretty plainly. And, and, and the religious mindset of the church world today, now I'm not talking about this church, but it's the church world, the religious mindset, something like that would be irreverent. It wouldn't be acceptable to God. Remember, we were talking about this morning, He's accepted us in the Beloved. Yes. Hallelujah. In other words, He accepts us coming to this place with His Word and, and pleading our case and saying, Now, Father, You said. You said. Amen. And uh, so... Uh, but he accepts that. That's not something that's going to get punished. But the, not, the flesh will tell you that, that, you know, you can't do that. God, God would be upset with you if you did something like that. Amen. Are you hearing me? So you're, you're basically going to God and requiring his, 
you're taking his word to him and saying, now you said this. And you can't lie. Now, that pleases God. Isaiah 56, 4 says, Thus saith the Lord unto the eunuchs that keep my Sabbaths and choose those things that please me and take hold of my covenant. Take, t- choose those things that please me and take hold of my covenant. It pleases God for you to take hold of your covenant. That's right. <laughs> that doesn't make God angry. It pleases Him. You know Why? Because then he can do for you what he really longs to do. Yes. Yes. Bible said he has no, like praying for this nation, for example. Bible said he has no pleasure in the death of the wicked. That's an amazing thought. And his mercies are new every morning. And you could go on and on. But so, you know, it's the church. I remember one time I was preaching and, and preaching about the authority of the church and the place the church has and, and praying and, and preserving this nation with prayer and so forth. And somebody came up to me afterwards and said, well, but you know all the prophecies about the end times and how bad it's going to be and so forth and so on. I zipped my lip because it was not my church and it was not my place to say something to him. This is one of this man's sheep. Uh, excuse me, no, he wasn't one of this man's sheep, but he was visiting there. I, I, I just, I just, and I... And I zipped my lip because I knew if I start talking, I'm going to get upset here. i got to keep myself out of the flesh. Because I wanted to say, and you're part of the problem. That kind of thinking is part of the problem. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you for your enthusiasm. It's the church that holds back the Antichrist. But it's the church that knows who she is. Not the church that says, oh, the devil's taking over. We're all going underground and oh. I feel mean on the devil tonight. And I feel mean on unbelief. The church is in authority. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my faith, turn from their wicked ways, I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. Yeah, it takes some repentance. There's some church people that need to repent. Amen. Amen. But it's all in our hands. What are we going to do? Amen. So, so this pleases God that we take hold of the covenant. Uh, did you get that verse? I'll give you that reference again. Isaiah 56, 4. Then we gave you Ephesians 1, 6. We, we just quoted that. He's accepted us in the beloved. Then uh, let's, let's think about this. John 17, verse number 23. John 17, verse number 23. We're talking about some things that we need to have our minds renewed to concerning prayer and our place in prayer. John 17, this is Jesus praying, talking to the Father. And He said in verse number 23, I in them and thou in me that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Say it out loud. He loves me me. as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus. Oh, now, that can't be so. But but Jesus said it was so. Show them that thou hast loved them as you hast loved me. Oh, now I'll go over to John 16. Now, with that in mind, back up a chapter. John 16, notice verse number 23 and 24. Then we'll jump down to verse 26 and 27. I'm not losing you, am I? Verse 23 and 24. In that day, now Jesus is talking about a day to come. He's talking about after the resurrection, after the crucifixion, after the new covenant blood is shed and, and, and he ushers in the new covenant. 
So we're in this today. Don't think this is some future time. That's right now. In that day, or we say now today, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Hitherto have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. Down to verse 26. In that day you shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you, because the Father hath loved you. Because you've loved me and have believed that I am come out from God. Now let's, let's read. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some portions of this, just reading through the, the high points of the verse. I'm not trying to take anything out of the Bible, but I just want you to hear what he's actually saying. In that day, talking about whenever this new covenant is ratified, and we're given this standing before God. In that day, he said, Whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. In that day, you shall ask in my name, for the Father himself loves you. I just simply hit the high points. In other words, Jesus said he loves you just like he loved me. Hallelujah. In other words, he's saying boldly come and obtain. Because you're accepted to ask just like I was accepted to ask. See, Jesus' blood gave us the same standing that Jesus has. Now, that's a bold statement. Some Christians don't know that. But think about that verse in, in, uh, in uh, Romans 8, verse, what is it, 16, 17, right in through there. He said, uh, uh, he talks about, you know, being led of the Spirit. And then he said this. He said, we're heirs, and joint, heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. We're seated with Him in heavenly places. We've inherited that place before God yes. with Him. Yes. Whew. Amen. I said, Hallelujah. 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 I like that. That helps my faith. I'm accepted to bring the terms of the covenant to my Father's throne and plead my case and just basically say, now, Lord, you said this. Now, Job 33, 26 is another verse talking about righteousness. Now, our righteousness is of through the blood and faith in the blood. Theirs was through works, but right, right on the other hand, if it's righteousness, it's righteousness. John, Job 23, excuse me, Job 33, 26. He shall pray unto God, and he, or God, will be favorable unto him, and he, that's God, shall see his face with joy. For he, God, will render unto man his, or God's, righteousness. Praise God. So he said he'll pray unto God and God will be favorable to him and see his face with joy. Praise God. When you come with his word, the father goes, oh joy, here he comes. He delights in it. He delights in it. Well, I don't want to bother God. That's wrong thinking. I said, that's wrong thinking. That's wrong thinking. You're dealing with condemnation. You're dealing with a sense of unworthiness. And let me tell you what that, that does to your faith. It makes, it makes you weak. 
Amen. Condemnations ma- condemnation makes people weak. Amen. A sense of righteousness gives people boldness in faith. Hallelujah. See, righteousness is just not, you know, all my sins are washed away, but I don't have any rights. No, I got rights. Rights mean I'm, I'm as if sin never even existed. Woo! Like a new baby, and then they say one of the congregation couples in the congregation has a baby, and, and everybody's all goo 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 goo. Oh, this is so wonderful. You don't walk up to it and think about all oh, its past. It's so many things it's done, so many things it's failed in, so many mistakes it's made. It has no past, and you don't either. You don't either. It's gone. See, we got to step up and believe the, blood, believe the power of the blood. Well, but I just have this sense of unworthiness. Well, you then get that washed out with the washing of the water of the Word. Well, I've missed it since that time. Yeah, and if you confess your sin, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin. Cleanse you of all unrighteousness. All unrighteousness. Now you're back on to right terms and you can come and approach the throne. I told you I'm in danger of preaching myself happy tonight. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Now, here's something the Lord said to me a number of years ago. Well, actually, it wasn't, maybe, maybe more, it wasn't even two years ago. So maybe, it wasn't, maybe that's not an accurate statement. But uh, if you can handle a little bit more, would you be able to handle just a little bit more? <clears throat> God's promises are His debts to man. His righteousness, integrity, and justice requires Him to keep His promises to man. Just like the integrity and righteousness of a man today requires him to pay any financial debts he owes. Now, let me say that again. God's promises are His debts to man. In other words, we have a right to come before God in prayer and cash in on those promises. You might say, basically, you might say, call for their payment. They are on our account, they are on our account's receivable column. They appear as an asset on our balance sheet. It's like a missionary over in China years ago said, somebody said, well, how you doing? He said, I have 10 cents in my pocket plus all the promises of God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Woo! He's talking about all those assets on, the ba- on his balance sheet. Hallelujah. So there on our accounts receivable column, they appear as an asset on our balance sheet. But they are on God's accounts payable column. I don't know if you've ever had a business. You know what accounts payable is? In the accounts accounts uh, uh, receivable are accounts that are owed to you. You know, you did somebody a service, and, and now you send them a bill. They owe you some money. Isn't that right? Well, that's an account receivable. An account uh, payable is the man that got the bill. Now, he owes that bill. He's got something on his accounts payable. He's got, he's got some money he owes. And so the, the promises of God are on our accounts receivable column. They appear as an asset on our balance sheet. If you ever know anything about balance sheets and all that... But they are on God's accounts payable column. They are shown as a liability on His balance sheet. He's obligated to pay them when they are called in by man on the earth. 
we can call for them to be paid at any time. And He's good for it. In fact, His righteousness requires it of Himself. Amen. But see, people say, oh, you can't require anything of God. Well, see, He really required it of Himself. He said, I can't lie. Amen. See, you've got to get the revelation that what God said is not something that, that He doesn't want to do. He, he said it because He longs to do it. That's why He said it. Because He gave us His Word because He wanted us to take it to Him in prayer. That's why He gave it to us, so we could take it to Him in prayer, make our claim on it. Are you with me tonight? He required it of Himself. Amen. Praise God. So it's a revelation of really what He longs to do. He wouldn't have said it if He didn't want to do it, just like you shouldn't say something to your children if you don't want to really do it. (laughs) That's the truth about it. Hallelujah. But He did say it. He did say it. Amen. He said some things. He said it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So take your place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, are you getting us tonight? Yes, this position, this right to do this, means that we, as the body of Christ, have a say. People say, well, it's just all up to God. He's running everything. No, no. He's working with the church. I said, he's working with the church. We're invited to come boldly. Isn't that right? And we can come to the throne of grace and say like Jesus, because, see, he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Jesus stood before Lazarus' tomb and said, I thank thee, Father, that you hear me always. So we can come to the Father and we can to come to the throne of grace and say, Lord, thank you that you hear me always. I'm accepted through the blood. I'm praying from a place of acceptance. I'm accepted in doing this. Praise God. Amen. What gave us this place? Number one, the covenant. Number two, righteousness. Number three, we got the Word of God inside of us. Hallelujah. We know what He said. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I said praise God. Now, this legal standing before God in prayer will give you boldness, especially when you know it. Now, there's a boldness that people, you know, they get in the flesh and get harsh and rash, and it's not really really of God. But if you get this Word in you, it'll put something in you that just knows you won't be denied. Amen. Amen. And you'll find yourself saying some things that'll startle you. Charles Finney was a man that got the word in him about this. And uh, he's known as the greatest revivalist in modern history. I mean, I say modern. I'm talking about since the, uh, you know, you might call it say it, since the dark ages. Uh, but he, he had tremendous success, and he found himself in prayer saying some things to God. He said, it, it indeed alarmed me. He said, I would find myself going into a city and praying and saying, now, God, you don't think we're not going to have revival here, do you? <laughs> you understand? That's getting pretty bold. He said this, he said, in regards to my own experience, he said, some indeed alarmed me. The spirit of importunity sometimes came upon me so that I would say to God that he had made a promise to answer prayer, and I could not and would not be denied. (laughs) Then he went on, I felt certain that he would hear me, and his faithfulness to his promises and to himself 
That's an interesting thought. Faithfulness to His promises and to Himself made it impossible that He should not hear and answer. And then He said, I frequently found myself saying to God, I hope that Thou dost not think that I can be denied. I come with Thy faithful promises in my hand, and I cannot be denied. He said, when I got into this place in the Spirit, I could not, he said, I I cannot tell you how absurd unbelief looked to me and how certain I was in my mind that God would answer my prayer. In other words, he got over into the place that saying, acting any other way was unbelief. He he just, it just didn't make sense to say anything else. Woo! Praise God. Well, how do you get to a place like that? Now, I'm not saying you can get there in the flesh. Let me say this. You can't operate where another man operates without his revelation. You know, people try to operate in hand-me-down revelation. Second-hand revelation. You know, brother so-and-so said, or pastor so-and-so said. Well, good, they, they're making it work for them, but that doesn't mean you've got the revelation of it yourself. Second-hand revelation will make happen like what happened to those seven sons of Sceva that tried to cast the devil out. Remember that? In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They didn't know Jesus. They just, we heard Paul preaching your name. And remember the devil jumped on them, tore their clothes off. Remember that in the book of Acts? Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? (laughs) Well, he was actually, those seven sons of Sceva were actually children of the devil. They weren't saved. But in his kingdom, here's Satan saying, who are you? So in, in the devil's kingdom, people are nobodies. Amen. But you get saved, God knows exactly who you are. And He recognizes you as one who has the right whenever you come. And the devil recognizes you as somebody that has the right. He recognizes you one as one's been authorized. Hallelujah. Praise God. So hand-me-down revelation won't work. When you, when you have second-hand revelation or hand-me-down revelation. See, I grew up in a, a family of five children. And uh, two older brothers, and uh, when they grew out of their jeans and put holes in the knees and so forth, well, my mother just stored them away and put patches on the knees because she knew, you know, little Jay's coming along, and I'll save me some money. And so I, I wore their hand-me-down clothes. I never did like their hand, hand-me-down clothes. I wanted my own clothes. Yeah. Amen. That's the way you need to be with spiritual things. You see somebody else operating in something, and you go, mm. I don't know exactly what all that is, but I want that. I don't know how they get to that place where they operate that way. Amen. Because it doesn't work secondhand. I, I said, somebody said this one time, I, I, I just loved it. They said, uh, secondhand revelation makes you an echo and not a voice. And things of the Spirit don't respond to echoes. They respond to voices. I mean, people that have a voice of, of, of revelation, the voice of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. So certain men through history have got revelation of this place in prayer. You can see Finney got a revelation of this. I'm convinced uh, that Brother Hagin was keeping some things off of this nation while he was here on the earth and, and, and uh, walked in the light he had because... Uh, well, the Lord has spoken to me about it. But see, we've got to come up and, and do our part now. Yes. Amen. Amen. How about our church? How about our pastors? How about our, what God wants to do in this city? Yes. 
You know, the devil can make you feel like, well, my prayers don't really avail much. That's a lie from the devil. Get this revelation in you and it'll change that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Now, um, you can only operate in this by faith. You can't operate in this without faith. That's why the Word has to get in you about this place. Because faith comes by hearing the Word. And so it's important that we recognize the importance of not just getting the Word in us about what belongs to us, but get the Word in us about our place in prayer. Amen. So, so these verses, take some of these verses, let some of the other verses in the New Testament just really minister to you and, and build you up to where you get to that place where I thank you, Father, you hear me always. I thank you that I'm accepted in the Beloved. I thank you, Jesus, you're the high priest of the terms of the new covenant, and if I come to you, you're there to make sure, guarantee everything that I come to you saying in, based on my covenant rights. Just go over those things and say them. And then John, we didn't go tonight, but John, oh, I have it here somewhere. John 6, it says something. Uh, I've got it here somewhere. It talks about, uh, here it is, John 6, 37. He said, they that come to me, I will in no wise cast them out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Romans 10, 11 talks about those that come in faith will not be ashamed. Praise God. Say, I'll not be ashamed. ashamed. What does that mean? Let's just look at that verse before we close here tonight. Romans chapter number 10, verse number 11. These are verses we've got to get on the inside of us about prayer. The scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. In other words, you'll not start standing on the word of God, taking it to God in prayer, and be ashamed. The word ashamed means, in the Greek, put to the blush. In other words, embarrassed. Trust in God and it didn't come to pass. Never. Say out loud, never. Never. Why, you don't understand, Pastor Jay. I've done that and it didn't work. No, nobody ever did that and it didn't work. We've tried it and it didn't work, but we didn't do it. (laughs) Or we just quit. Maybe we started to. But we quit. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I tell you, you, you just get a, you, 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 uh, when you get a hold of a word, you got to get like a bulldog with it. Just don't let go. Somebody says, it's too late. It's too late. It's never too late. I'm not giving up. I've had sometimes years pass on things. Things we had in our heart and God spoke to us about and got in the word and built our faith and, and took our stand. It just looked like it never was going to come to pass. All of a sudden, boom, there it is. Yes, Yes, hallelujah. 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 Praise be to God. And so you need to get that verse, Romans 10, 11. Join it with John 6, 37. John 6, 37 is the one. He he that cometh to me, I will no wise cast him out. uh, He won't be embarrassed. He won't go away without. See, if he won't cast you out, then you won't do without. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. hallelujah. You won't be embarrassed. You won't trust God and then not come to pass. Now, there might be things while you're trusting God, he'll have to tweak on you. I've had that happen. You know, he starts, he starts uh, uh, 
you know, like for example, John 15. I like John 15 along this line. It talks about, if you read the whole parable of the vine and the branches, he talks about, Jesus talks about bringing forth fruit and abiding in him, so you bring forth fruit and so forth. And if you go through there, there's five levels of fruit bearing. There's no fruit, fruit, more fruit, much fruit, and fruit that remains. And he said there very clearly how to go from one level to the next. He said, uh, uh, if a a branch abides in me and brings forth fruit, he purges it that it might bring forth more fruit. Well, that's just it. All the tests and trials, he's purging me. No, no. Read the next verse. And then he said, you are clean. That same Greek word translated, purge translated clean. Through the word that I've spoken unto you. Woo, glory. So there's been times I took a stand in faith and he started washing me with some, uh, some other word that I wasn't thinking right on. But I'm still in faith. I'm just having to make some adjustments. And I'm progressing. Amen. Maybe I'm getting a little fruit, but I'm going to more fruit. <laughs> Glory. So don't think that, well, God, you know, He won't help you along those, along those lines. He'll, Jesus is called the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, he'll, he'll, he gets you started on a faith project or a faith journey. But He'll do whatever you, He'll, he'll work with you and keep adjusting your thinking and adjusting your believing until you get to the place he gets you across the finish line. The author and the finisher. Praise God. He'll get you all the way across the finish line. Just don't quit. That's the main thing. Just don't quit. Amen. Don't quit. And if he does something on your thinking or talks to you about something, you just make that adjustment and say, okay, here we go. We're, we're, we're making progress now. Maybe we were kind of stuck, but now we're making progress. You know, you might be <clears throat> believing God for something, and he'll, he'll deal with you about getting offended about something or something like that, and he'd see well, he's perfecting what he got you started in. He's bringing you further along in that walk of faith. Praise God. I've had the Lord plead his case. Like I said, uh, I've gone to him pleading my case, and he's pleaded his case. I injured my back a while back, and and uh, I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to stand in faith. He said, wait a minute, let me talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> and I said, what is, what is it? He said, do you remember you injured your back years ago? And, and uh, I dealt with you about what, what opened the door to it. I said, yeah. He said, you did the same thing again. Oh, Jesus, you're right. Amen. And I got that right. And I started tweaking. Then he said, now there's something else here. Okay, what is it? <laughs> Glory to God. He's perfecting that which he started in me. So I made that adjustment. Every time I make an adjustment, whoop, I get a lurch forward. Then he'd say, do this. I don't want to do that. He said, well, you're going to have to. All right. Well, go do that and just keep on progressing. Just keep on progressing. Hallelujah. It's always all available. Everything he said is always available. You just have to let him walk you into it, walk, walk you through it. Praise God. Don't let the devil condemn you and tell you what it is. Well, you see, it's, it's back in 1973. You, you, you were mean to your mother-in-law. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Amen. The devil will bring up all kinds of stuff to condemn you. See, I, when the Lord deals with me about something, that's not condemnation. It's conviction. And it's not, it's not something that puts me down and, and says, so therefore you're going to do without for the rest. No, he said, come on into the light of this. I'm trying to get you into your healing. 
Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you get anything out of the Word tonight? Yes, Glory to God. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. He's the author, He's the author and, the and the finisher of my faith. Of my faith. Amen. Amen. He's perfecting what is lacking in our faith. And I'll tell you, somebody said, well, I just got to wait until I get all, everything, everything just right in my faith before I take any faith stands. Let me tell you how to get all that out of your faith. Just take some faith stands and let him work it out while you go. Just, just don't, wait, don't wait until everything's perfect. You'll wait forever and do without. Exactly right. Amen. 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 Tell your neighbor, he's preaching better than your amen right there. <laughs> amen. Glory. Where are we going? We're going from glory to glory. From faith to faith. Glory. We're continuing to progress. Hallelujah. Until we stand in the full orb of everything that God has for us in our lives, in our churches, in our local church, in our nation, everywhere. We're just going from faith to faith. Hallelujah. Stand with me tonight. Praise God for the Word. Praise God for the Word. Thank you, Father God, for the author and the finisher of our faith. Thank you, Jesus, for being a faithful high priest. Hallelujah. Be in the surety of your covenants with us. We thank you that everything you've said is sure, it's certain. Father, for any person here tonight that has a need, we thank you that that you have everything they need. You have every answer. You have every every supply. You have healing power. You've got answers for questions. You've got direction. You've got wisdom for relationships. You've got answers to why things haven't been working. Father God, so we can come to you and ask and receive so that our joy might be full. (laughs) Hallelujah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. I'm impressed. I I don't know if Pastor Debbie laid hands on the sick in her service Saturday night or not. Did you lay hands on the sick? But I'm impressed to do that also. And so, you know, if you were here, of course, had hands laid on you, you don't need hands laid on you again. But if you weren't in those meetings and you desire someone to lay hands on you for healing, then we want to do that. So just make your way forward and uh, we'll, we'll minister to you. And uh, if you, if you uh, believe and receive, the power of God will go in. Amen. Anyone at all tonight? Anyone at all? Well, good, 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 good. Everybody's got what they need. Praise God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and just thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, I ask that the truths that we've shared in these meetings would find a rich home in every heart that these truths, as you're faithful to remind us of them, and they come back to us, that they would dawn on us more and more. For what you want to do in this hour desperately needs people of prayer that know how to pray and know how to 
to receive from heaven. So, Father God, we ask this in the name of Jesus, believing that you hear us. We thank you, Father, for raising up those in this generation that know their place. Glory to God. All that you carry in your heart, for this time, it will all come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Father, we bless this congregation. We thank you that they're already blessed, but we just add our agreement to it. We thank you for these pastors. We thank you for wisdom for them and for great insight into the way they should go and the decisions they should make. Father, we thank you for a strong, strong demonstration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in this community through their ministry and through this church. In the name of Jesus, we bless them. We add our faith to all that you say to them. And we say it'll all come to pass. It will all come to pass. All their vision for, for the other church and for this congregation and whatever else you put in their heart. All the vision for aviation. All the vision for other churches. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your faithfulness to move and raise up the ministry of helps that they need. To raise up those that, that they need to help them pray. To raise up those that they, you need to help them go and to obey. We call all the money in. We call all the funds in. We say every need is met. We thank you, Father, that there'll be a demonstration of the glory of God in the name of Jesus. Praise God.